Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the weekend and another edition of housing information you can't trust right here for the next two hours. Yes, sir. Two hours today. Then we yes, get sir. To, get to watch your Sparties uh, take on Washington. <laughs> if people could see that look on your I face. I might right? mow the lawn. <laughs> I, I'm a little afraid of that uh, Indiana transfer panics. I watched him last year destroy a couple teams, including MSU early yeah. on. Yeah. And nah, I'm not into self-abuse. I, I kept the toothpicks home to shove up my fingernails later on. <laughs> You'll need to. Hey, is this a green show we're going to be doing? I mean, is that, are we going to call it a green show? You can call it a green show. You can do whatever you want to. You're not, I, wearing, you're not wearing any green, though. I was thinking. This is rare. Yeah, I was that, thinking. that you're thinking? <laughs> Plastic bottles. Uh-huh. Where are you you going and I, this? 25 years ago, swore we'd never pay a, a buck for a for bottle, of water. bottle of water, much less a plastic bottle it, of it's water. It's free to drink out of the hose. And how many bottles have we bought in the last two and a half decades? But we were talking to Jared Beauchamp, and he said 80% of the pollution in the oceans is plastic bottles. I believe it. And I, I said it's Ken's fault. <laughs> it's on a, you. I drink out of the hose, man. You do. I drink that explains hose. a lot. Hey, you know what? There's the nothing tick. more refreshing on a hot day than walking over the hose and turn it on, waiting for that cold water to come up. To me, that's it. You know, if we, I had a choice, I would never buy water. We used to get we used to get drink out of a hose during football practice, preseason practice, and my fondest memories of refreshing water are out of a hose. Absolutely. And we don't throw the hoses in the ocean. So here, if you want to get rid of those plastic bottles. Just put an RO system in your house so you're drinking pure, clean, good-tasting water and call Beauchamp for a free water From inspection. From Beauchamp Water. That was where you were going with this. I'm sorry. It's early. I took I took the long way. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> Beauchamp Water Treatment Solutions. Tell people where we are, buddy. We are down at Huntington Place, what I grew up knowing as Kobo. Yep. I got here early because this is a world-class destination. People don't know it. I stepped out on the front mezzanine, looked at the Detroit River, which literally is is the confluence of Lake Huron, Lake St. Clair, Lake Erie, and I saw a freighter go by. The sun was coming up over a foreign country. I'm just out here and birds singing in the background. Keep truly, going, I going. mean, it was, I'm standing there, I'm going, and I'm by myself, and there's no one to share it with. It's like, this is really cool. This is world class. It is beautiful down here. It's yes. beautiful. Not only is it beautiful, but it's extremely safe. There's there's police presence Clean. everywhere down here. Clean. You're right. You're right. Detroit has more than made a comeback. And oh. I've always loved Detroit. And this Huntington, Huntington Place is just an absolute beautiful facility. Uh, people need to come down here. But tell people exactly where we are here in the show, buddy. We are in the back corner. If you come in through uh, C... There's A, B, C, D. If you come in through C and walk straight back, and you'll see the big signs for the EV Learning Center, Powering Michigan. Yes. We are sponsored by NECA and the IBEW Local 58. So yes. we're going to be talking to Jennifer Mefford, who yep. you've met before. Many Our times. listeners have met Jennifer. Many times. She's far more intelligent than we are with all this stuff. So actually, Jennifer's going to be talking, and we might get to chime in yes. every now and then. Yes. You know what? I noticed, too, we were talking about the whole idea, the concept of, of treating the earth a little better. All the grass, quote, end quote, that's outside around this building. Are recycled plastic bottles. <laughs> exactly. You know what? It probably is. It probably is. It is artificial. They don't have to mow it. They don't have to worry about it looking nasty where people walk across it. It's beautiful, and no one else would notice except 
guys like you and I. It's like being in Vegas. Everything that looks like grass is, is actually a high-quality indoor-outdoor carpet. But we want people to come down and enjoy the experience of being downtown Detroit and this show because you're going to find out the next couple hours there's some really cool stuff here. And, and listen, no matter how you feel about electric vehicles, they're coming. They're coming to you. Chuck, tell people, if I build a house in certain jurisdictions right here in Michigan, what do I have to include? You and I talked a year ago. The National Electrical Code had prescribed uh, for those states and jurisdictions that adopted it, of course, that if you build a new apartment, a new residential occupancy dwelling of any kind, you are going to have an EV charger in the garage or proximate to that You're uh, going to be building. because it is mandated that you have to. Yeah. And we're sitting here at the um, Power Michigan booth, and we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven different examples of EV charging stations. I think you missed some on the other side of the aisle here. It's possible. It's possible. But there are a lot of them, and if you're a... A homeowner that is going to move in one of those homes, if you're thinking about getting elect- electrical, because we've heard by so many people that I'm never going to buy an electric car. I never buy an electric car. What are they driving today? Electric car. I'll tell you what. It's amazing technology. Chuck. We've got a good friend that's a multifamily developer, and, and of course, when you hear that that thing in the in the NEC, uh, he was panicked because they put a garage for every one of their their apartments they built, and they have in Michigan alone. I think they've got 11,000 units. So he was doing the math on the money and the cost and everything else. But last time I sat with him, he and I sat in his new Tesla. <laughs> True story, Jennifer. So much. <laughs> so, you know what? It, it is inevitable. It's the future, in the words of uh, Mad Michael Pierce. So it's what's coming. We're going to invite people down. And Jennifer is going to tell people about opportunities they have to ride in some of these cars yes which in itself is interesting to say the least can people we don't know if people can hear that we are sitting right in front of a uh, a track where you can ride these electric vehicles but it's not like a track where you're going to hear people going vroom or hear the cars going vroom you may hear a little that bit of tire squeaking that's about it Right? You could have been electric engines a voiceover guy quiet. in cartoons. <laughs> <laughs> but people are going to have a chance to do that. Uh, Jennifer mentioned she'll talk more about the Bronco Hill climb over here. They can go outside and actually drive them, right, Jennifer? Absolutely. Yeah, there's a lot of different ways you can interact with vehicles here. This show is so much cooler than the shows I went to when I was a kid. So, I mean, my dad was in the big three. You know, I, we knew a good friend of mine's Well, young and dumb is kind of... exact. This is so much cooler. I mean, just the fact you can get in one of these Jeeps over here and, and drive these hills, and the electric vehicles are just amazing nowadays. And, and, you know, people keep talking about the technology is technology, technology. Well, the technology is, is there, and it's only coming more. It's only going to be Certainly. more as time goes by. Certainly. Yeah. yeah, and there are some really cool older cars here. There's some really neat mm-hmm. sports cars out in the uh, mezzanine level out front that I was looking at this morning because I still like the smell and the sound and the feel of a gas engine. But why not both? We'll have to ask Jennifer if her household is going to have both when her new snotty new blazer comes in. in a few months. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah. and we'll be taking your calls with any questions you may have. 888-654-GUYS equals 888-654-4897. Stick around with more. From the Inside Outside Guys broadcasting live from the International Auto Show at Huntington Place only on AM 760 WJR. 
No, 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 no. It's not Ken Calverly and Chuck Bright. Not just us. No. It's us and a whole bunch of other experts, right? Yes, sir. One, one of whom is Jennifer Mefford, who is the business development person, we'll say, right? Absolutely. Yep. Of Powering Michigan. Explain to people what that means and where we are here at the show, Jennifer. Absolutely. Well, you guys were talking about the show and all these different interactions that are here. And I think the show has, always does a great job letting our, you know, the car enthusiasts come down and really check out all the new vehicles. And this show in particular gives them a lot of opportunities to interact, ride along in them, really kind of experience things in a different way. So Powering Michigan decided to sponsor the uh, electric vehicle track experience where um, attendees of the show can come in and ride in any 16 different EVs. So all these products that we've been hearing about coming to market are here, seven different brands, and they can ride as many as they want. They can pick whatever they want. And having been here uh, for the last four or five days during media days, tremendous interest in the EV Hummer. You'll see that flying around that track behind us. There's many, a, many times. A white it's, convertible over there, I think. Yeah. And, the, <laughs> and of course, the EV uh, Corvette up here, too, is uh, pretty exciting. People have been talking about that a lot. So, But they can get in those vehicles and really see what it feels like, feel the power of an EV, see how quiet they are. You know, you mentioned that as well. It's a different driving experience. And we created really the is. EV Learning Center so they can come in and talk about charging. Yeah, it really is a different driving experience. I yeah. remember first time, and there are still... So many people that have never been in an electric car. Yeah. And when, when you first get in an electric car, you just say to yourself, is this on? I know. It's so quiet, right? It is. Yeah. It's so yeah. quiet and so very smooth. Yeah. We have the Ford F-150 Lightning here in the booth, and we turned it on last night for a broadcast. And we were like, is it on? Is it on? It's so right. quiet. We're like waiting for it to start. And it's like, nope, it's on. First yeah. time I drove one, I said things I shouldn't say in public because I didn't know it was on, and it was on. And finally, my dad said, it's on, Dad. <laughs> I know, it's amazing. Yeah, it's, it's so great. It's, it's so great. Experience. Well, you said something, too, that you started it indoors. Yes, absolutely. No, <laughs> Which yeah. you can't no do missions, with the other right? ones yeah, out yeah. here, right? All good, yeah. No, no exhaust gas mm-hmm. to worry about. <laughs> yeah, yeah we, we, would, we would be giddy by now. Let's introduce our guest, and we'll keep taking advantage of Jennifer. You're going to stay with us throughout the show, absolutely. right? Absolutely, cool. absolutely. Hope you don't mind. I'm a touchy guy. No I, worries. Just me slap too. me if I... I'm a yeah. big hugger, so it's all good. <laughs> We've got the business development manager from Veja, and it's a company a lot of people have not heard about. Edda Salai? That that is, that's correctly? correct. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Feel free to correct me if we get it wrong, or Ken. <laughs> Ken's more like So Veja uh, is a marketplace platform for electric vehicle supply equipment. And you've partnered with DTE Energy here in Detroit. Can you tell people about that partnership, please? Yes, absolutely. We're really excited about this partnership. It's been going on now for about six months. Uh, We launched a residential installation program for EV chargers. So DTE is offering to their energy consumers um, here in southeast Detroit um, the opportunity to finance the purchase of an EV charger and the installation of that charger. So we have consumers joining our platform every day and um, what they do is essentially you come on, bring your home information to us and tell us what you need. So we have about five different home EV chargers available for purchase. And then once you're in our platform, we connect you to a local electrician that can complete that install for you. A local IBEW electrician, correct? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, so that's, you know, Jennifer for that, right? Exactly. So that's kind of how it all ties in together right here at the Learning Center. We were invited by Powering Michigan because a majority of our contractors are through the IBEW here in Michigan. And, um, you know, full circle, right? Offering the information on the charger itself and then having the experts here that install it every day. So how is somebody going to know what they, you said, 
they to tell us what they need. How is somebody going to know what they need? Because Jennifer, you showed us about ten different types of charging options. Yeah. yeah. So many options, right? So what we do is we ask the basics. We're not asking for too much from consumers, right? Obviously your home address, stuff know. like that. Yeah, exactly. So if you have access to your panel and understanding how much volt, uh, amperage and what's available, we, we kind of get the tidbits of that. And then, of course, our experts then take that information. They reach out to the consumer. They set up home visits mm-hmm. and essentially look at everything for the consumer and let them know, hey, you're at a point now where you do need a panel upgrade or we... Again, with the DTE program, DTE is offering a great option to avoid having to upgrade your panel. And they've um, offered the option to bring in a second meter. So that second meter allows to keep the cost down for the whole install where you're not upgrading the panel, but you're allowing more power to come into the home and be metered on that second meter. So they'll bring a new service drop in if need be? Correct, yes. And DTE is actually handling the financing on that? They are, yes. Yeah, so you wow. get to choose different, obviously different terms. All of that goes through DTE, but they handle the financing through that directly through your DTE bill. I am so old that we used to get that same type of treatment if you did an electric water heater in your home. Oh. Yeah. You'd have a second. Do you remember that? I, did, I don't. Yeah. You're a lot older than me. So <laughs> yeah. Remind people of that. I think I'm listening to Ed a talk. I'm going, oh, my gosh, this harkens back, I don't know, maybe 40 years-ish. You weren't born. I, I, I don't remember that, no. no. <laughs> and you wouldn't. There you was would. no presumption. And I'm, you not gonna, I'm not going to admit it, even if I do remember. I'm not going to admit it. I'm not going there. So you mentioned um, in your bill, the finance, so the loan amount will be divided. You'll actually pay that when you pay your bill? Exactly. Yes. So DTE goes through and you'll see it. So personally, I am a DTE customer and I have installed an EV charger. I did not go through the financing program, but I, you can see directly on your bill, I have a whole separate line that shows my second meter. So I have the second meter option. All my, my, my charger is, my vehicle is being charged through. So what vehicle did you get? I got a Nissan Aria. Okay. Yeah. I just got it a few months ago. It's been a very humbling experience you know being in the industry and then also kind of going through the process i've learned a lot i had to move my service underground i did all the stuff so i humbling because you (laughs) didn't know what to anticipate correct yeah so as much as i know right you still like things were coming up that i didn't expect so it um exactly for that reason but you know the whole moving underground service everything like that my electrician fortunately you know he was like let's do this let's do this and i was like i will listen to you so um, it's been great, but yeah, so on your bill, you'll see a whole different line that shows, you know, your energy usage for that. And then through the program as well, there's different levels of, uh, agreements, I guess you could call it. I'm, I'm trying to plans. That's the word. So, um, with the, the second meter is one option. And then if you were to say, no, you know what? I don't want to do the second meter. I do want to do a service upgrade and get a new panel. There's different plans for that too, to basically where you're charging at different peak hours to save money. So I can charge with my second meter from, um, for my plan. Right. So at night from after 11 till the morning at 9am, it's off peak hours, giving me a reduced rate. And then all weekend long is off peak hours, giving me that reduced rate. So I'm saving money on the, on the energy by charging during those times. So all the listeners out there that have the old 60 amp service to their house, this is a great way for them to upgrade (laughs) If they're thinking maybe even in 10 years they're going to buy an EV, right? Yeah. So I think you, you're seeing a lot of different types of plans coming to market. So, and also the support that customers need to get their questions answered because there are a lot of questions. You know, oh it isn't, gosh, it's a new yes. extra step in a, in a vehicle purchase. So 
that's where, you know, Etta's company, DTE, you have all these collaborators in this industry trying to say, okay, what do we need to bring? They, yeah. We need diversity, right? You need options and you need to, because every house is different. I yes. mean, you have 60 amp panels, you have 80 amp panels. Um, new new construction is going to probably have a 200 sure. amp panel. That's going to be okay. Yep. But we need to be able to address all of that. And the site assessment, people ask me all the time, well, what exactly do I need and how much exactly is it going to be when I put this in my house? And I'm like, well, I need to come to your house with an electrician and a contractor to really look to really look at so it. So who does the assessment? Via? Yeah. Yes, yes, we mm-hmm. do. Yeah, so we take the information provided through the questionnaire, the consumer questionnaire. Our contractors will look at that, and then they'll set up a visit on site to take that information, cross-check it, obviously, with what's on site, and then from there, finalize that final estimate for so the consumer. how does somebody arrange to have this done if they can't come down to the show? So what you do is via.com. That's V-E-H-Y-A.com. And you go directly there. Um, for DTE consumers, we have dte.via.com. And you can register there. Again, you just create an account, register your home address, and then our system automatically will um, connect you to one of our service providers in the area. From there, we on the platform itself, we ask for a few different dates to fix fit your schedule and then, of course, coordinate with the service provider. That way, we know when you're available and we'll make ourselves available during those dates. Our contractor will come out there, look at everything that we have, and then, you know, just basically give you your options. You know, do you want a second meter? Do you want to get a new panel upgrade? We are also offering smart panel upgrades as well. So a smart panel will take away that need for a traditional panel upgrade. So that is also, we're bringing that into the marketplace as well and trying to expand outside of just offering EV chargers. So for any listener that's going, what the heck's a smart I know. panel? You I know. I know. So many things. Explain that later on, Jennifer, <laughs> all right? <laughs> Jennifer, Adam mentioned yeah. that there are five um, stations that are available, I believe, mm-hmm. the number you said. We're, we're at like three to five rotating, depending. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm looking at all these here, and yeah. I see big ones, and I see smaller ones. Let's talk yeah. about some of those options when we get back from break. We're also have a couple phone calls. Mike from Ohio and Bill from Sterling Heights will take your phone calls when, we're, when we get back from break. Again, we are broadcasting live from the Detroit International Auto Show. Come on down all day. Stop by the Powering Michigan booth. Stick around for the guys on AM 760 WJR. Good morning. Welcome back to the Inside Outside Guys. Laughing and learning 24-7 at the InsideOutsideGuys.com. The Inside Outside Guys on Facebook. We have a lot of information coming up for you for the rest of the show. I mean, it might as well be an education hour because we are full of education Education, today. two hours. Thank you, sir. So real quick, let's take some phone calls. Let's talk to Mike in uh, Ohio. Good morning, Mike. You're on with the Inside Outside Guys on WJR. Hey, uh, good morning, guys. Can you hear me okay? We sure can, sir. Okay. Uh, I'm uh, down here in northwest Ohio, but, uh, boy, uh, my ears perked up when I heard your show was on EVs. Uh, I've got a question that uh, maybe people up in your area will be very interested in, and that is, uh, hypothetically, I've got uh, two uh, Teslas sitting in the driveway. Uh, the wife uh, drives one to work, and, of course, I, I work elsewhere, and I drive one to work. Uh, I'd be interested in a, uh, a big uh, uh, charger that could both uh, charge them over the evening hours, uh, but I'm trying to get a picture of what the actual cost of a charge is. Uh, my Chrysler Pacifica, when I take it into town for a drink, it costs about 40 or 45 bucks to fill it up. 
So are, am I going to see a charge on that Tesla, fast charge? Uh, would I be seeing uh, roughly about the same 40, 45 buck uh, charge? Jennifer? Yeah, so generally speaking, you know, depending on the price of gas, it's about a four to one ratio. So if gas is $4 a gallon, that equivalent in mileage in terms of the miles per gallon and that gallon of gas is about a dollar. That's huge. So it's a four to one. But that, of course, and Etta was talking about this, the the non-peak rates, right? You have to charge non-peak. You're charging in the evening. You're charging during off hours. Um, If you're charging that car during the middle of the day when energy is very expensive, that ratio is going to change. Does that help you, Mike? Okay. okay. Yeah, very good. I've got a 200-amp uh, panel that's, uh, I have a newer house. Uh, the 200-amp panel is, I mean, it's loaded with circuits. Um, I do have a sub-panel in my garage, uh, but I'm still limited. Uh, my last bill, for instance, for 1,600 kilowatt hours of usage uh, was uh, $230. So, uh, you know, uh, I suppose a separate service would be the way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was just wondering because of the capacity of the panel. I mean, you know, um, some circuits you can double up, like maybe lighting in that. But, uh, uh, boy, uh, I barely have enough room to uh, put a few circuits in um, in the basement, you know. Who is the so, IBEW local down there? What is, do you know, in Northwest Ohio? Oh, Northwest Ohio. Uh, well, uh, local we have a, my, I am in a, I'm in a municipal system. Uh, like I say, yeah, this okay. is just hypothetical. Yeah. This, uh, uh, yeah. this is uh, helping me get a grip on what's coming down the road. Uh, at my yeah. age, I seriously doubt, I'm 77, I seriously doubt if I'll be buying an EV, but I think uh, this will... Uh, uh, help people up there in your area uh, think about uh, what the cost would be and in the dilemma of uh, if you have, uh, uh, you know, a couple of people working that we've got, uh, I've got, um, let's see, uh, three vehicles right now. Uh, well, I'll right, tell you what, right. you keep yeah. listening, Mike, because we've got experts coming on, and Jennifer is certainly one of them that we'll be talking to throughout the next couple hours. And hopefully, if we don't answer your questions, give us a call again tomorrow. Yes, let's talk to Bill in Sterling Heights. Bill, hi, you're on with the guys. Uh, good morning. It's Phil. And uh, question, water backup sump pump, battery backup sump pump. Which one would you choose? Both. Both. <laughs> we both said both. Triple triple systems are the best way to go nowadays. Um, but being in Sterling Heights, you're on municipal water. A water backup would be just fine. Okay, so you would stay away from a battery. Would stay away from it, but if you're going to do battery, get a good one because there is a difference. The cheaper ones I wouldn't trust if I was going to Florida in the winter. But the water backup are very dependable. Uh, so ideally, like Ken said, you want both of them. But on a good municipal system like you're on, water backup should serve you. Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, just a note, uh, some of your sources that I used for my basement waterproofing do not provide that option. They kind of steer you towards uh, battery. And now I'm uh, losing sleep at night thinking when I'm in Florida in the winter, uh, maybe I should change it over to water. Well, you know what? Do us a favor. Send us an email. Let us know who you talk to because 
I know in your area we got a couple great foundation companies that both offer the triple backup system. And it's a longer a discussion, system. too, because yeah. it, what do you or do you not have backups of uh, standby power? Are you getting a lot of water running in that sump, or do you have occasional, you know, water running in the sump? So there's a lot of uh, ancillary issues that would, you know, tie into what the best solution is for you. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, it goes off about every 15 minutes, and I do not have uh, uh, a generator to back me up. So you got a fair amount of water coming in if you're yeah. cycling every, you know, 15 minutes. Yep, I would do a water backup, but I also do some kind of a um, alarm that will let you know if it's not working as well. Something smart, if you're in Florida, that'll let, alert you and let you know. Bluetooth to your phone. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, I, I do. I do have uh, a Wi-Fi uh, connection to know the battery health and whether or not I have a problem. But uh, I still don't know. You know, electricity can go out. Give us an email, and we'll follow up with you. Okay. okay? We appreciate right, your thanks, call, guys. Bill. Thank God you, buddy. You. We appreciate it. Right now we've got Andre Cook, the business agent for the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local 58, that's been patiently sitting there. We told Andre, talk, talk, talk. <laughs> How are you? Good. How you doing? <laughs> Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. How long have you been involved with uh, Pari, Michigan, your local? And uh, just tell us a little bit about it, buddy. So I became a part of IBW Local 58 in 2007 as an apprentice. I did my five-year apprenticeship. I did my five-year apprenticeship, um, turned out, became a journeyman. I also had my master's license. Um, I got that a couple of years after I turned out and finished uh, my apprenticeship. also did the early version of Jennifer's EVITP when I, was, uh, when I got my electrical license and when I, while I was in an apprenticeship, and now I'm here. The education is unlimited, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Yes, it is. It's evolutionary. It grows. It changes all the time. And... This lady across from me, as I said, she's been keeping up with it and adding on to it and keeping us going. We tell people, if you've got your master's, you could literally go anywhere in the world and get a job. Yes, you can with a, it's, with a journeyman's license also. So with us at IBEW, cool. you have a journeyman's license. You know, you have reciprocity throughout the international, Canada, Puerto Rico, I believe, and other places where you can go and be an electrician and do electrical work. There is nowhere in uh, the United States that if you're in the construction industry in any, any or housing industry in any way that uh, you have an unlimited supply of employees. Everyone's having a hard time finding quality people. How is Local 58 dealing with getting new employees, training new employees? So recruiting, um, job fairs, word of mouth, going out on the – part of my job is going out organizing. So I'm out on job sites, at schools, everywhere, help. Even walking through here, you want to be an electrician? Come on, sign up. You know, we got the. the You're uh, looking for good people. Yeah, people with good work ethic. We're hearing the phrase bi-directional charging. What the heck does that mean to people? So just think of it as reverse, right? It's the reverse of taking it from your home and putting it in the car, from taking it to your car and putting it back into your home. Would this truck be an example of, of a vehicle that does yes, that? Yes, it would. The F-150 Lightning has bi-directional functionality and capability. You would need a bi-directional charger at your home in order to do that. That's a special charging device? Yes, it is. It's, uh, it converts the DC back to AC in order to run your home because you run on alternating current through your home. And it's just another benefit. I mean, when electric vehicles first came out, that was never a thought. 
right? <laughs> That'd be a yeah. standby power it's so, source. It's so interesting, right? Like, yeah. think of what that does to the home generator market, right? Eventually, right? When Good it all point. proves out, when there's more um, prevalent EVs in, in the world. So Andre and I um, have done a lot of work with this bi-directional charging and education. There's only a few vehicles in the market right now that have that capability. But I really think the market is going to leap kind of frog into that because, again, think about what it gives a consumer, right? You not only have that vehicle to use as a regular vehicle, but you do have that ability to power things on a job site. You have the ability to power things in your home. Um, In some markets that I work in, you can even push that power back into the grid and they'll buy it back from you. Not here, but in other markets. And and I think that's kind of where this industry will potentially be heading. Um, I love that. I love that it does multiple things. Do you tend to recommend that then if you're doing an on-site analysis of, of my home, for instance? Would you recommend considering what, what 10 years might bring versus next year? Yeah, that's always a consideration. You always want to let the customer know their options and what they can potentially buy because yeah. it's hard to stay ahead of our future-proof technology because stuff comes up every day. But if I'm going into a home and you want an EV, hey, you might want to check out the bi-directional functionality and be able to utilize that later on down the line because around here, power goes out a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Tell you no knock on DT, by the way, but power goes out a lot. Um, hey, it's the tree's you, fault. Yeah, and it's simple. Once you, get the, <laughs> once you hook up a bi-directional charger at your home, you don't have to pull a generator out of the garage and pull cords. You can, you know, load shed just right from your phone and get the Andre and Jennifer both. Are you seeing people that, I'm an old guy. I've seen where, you know, we had this choice with video cassette recorders and different DVDs cell phones. And, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Am I going to buy something like this and then it's going to be outdated in two years? I don't believe so. I know it's hard to say. Sorry. uh, No, a lot of the technology is just like it's all the same but a different name on it right now, right? Okay. No, I don't believe anybody's really like, yeah, figure it out. Charging is charging? Yeah. Well, I mean, think about a battery. How much more a a battery stores now than it just did five years ago? Right, exactly. Or or 10 years ago. It's amazing. And and the technology is really, I think, meeting the moment. And in so many many ways, we were with Malcolm Gladwell here at the show on Thursday, the futurist, right? He wrote The Tipping Point. And he, he was saying there are really two, two things. There's a human issue and a technology issue. So the technology issues are easier because they just evolve and meet the moment, right? Yes. It, you fi- we figure it out, especially in southeast Michigan. We've got more engineers per capita here than anything, and people are figuring it out. But the human you know, uh, issues take a little bit longer. How do I feel about it? Am I comfortable Am I doing this? It? Am I afraid of it? Yeah. Well, how does it work for me in real time? And, and so I think, it's, I think that to Andre's point, the charging infrastructure of a charging station is pretty similar across the products in the market. Bi-directional is another option, and, but we do have to have these conversations with customers about not yeah. only what's happening electrically in their home right now, but what are they considering along the way? What, where are they going into the future? Just to make sure that they have those options, because yeah. it's always cheaper to talk about that and put that infrastructure in, in up front than it is to kind of keep changing it as you go. Yeah. You well, especially if, if you're talking a new service drop. Yeah. You're not going to want to do that twice. Yeah, you don't want to tear your walls up twice either, right? You <laughs> no. want to let me get in there, bust the walls up, yeah. put it in, put it all in that's going to be in there, and then go on about my way. Nobody likes doing things Tell twice. Tell you, something like Gosh, this lightning, no. what I love about it as a contractor, I mean, when I was younger and doing 
in my days, I'd grab an electric jackhammer, right? That was a long, I'd long plug it time into a homeowner's <laughs> outlet, hit it a couple of times, and boom, it blew the circuit. You haven't been young forever. <laughs> Look who's talking. Look who's talking. I mean, I can run my electric jackhammers off this thing. I mean, yeah. I don't need to bring, I don't need to use the customer's energy or bring a generator over to yeah. the job site. Yeah. It's all right there in my truck. And I know if it can power my house for three days, it can run any equipment I have on a residential yeah. job site. Yeah. That's huge. And it's about education also. The last caller, the guy was talking about having a 200-amp panel yeah. and not having space. If you do a low <laughs> study on your home, you really can get away with with a 2,500 square foot house, 100 amp service, wow. right? But you know, people think capacity. They think the number of breakers I have. No, not really. Yeah, he's talking about doubling up breakers. Yeah, doubling <laughs> up breakers. It's like no, you really don't have to do that. You actually have a sub panel in your garage. You could you can move things around, and it's educating you know people about that's what good we advice do actually, and what's going on, and you know, talking the customer through it because if you can if you can articulate what you're Oh, I'm sorry. No, that's no, no, okay. No, no. So your members could do a load analysis on a house. Yes. So. I love that. that. That makes perfect sense. Thank you. Andre, Andre Cook, business agent for IBEW Local 58. Thank you so much for coming out with us today, sir. Thank you guys for having me. Great. God bless you. Thank hey, you. stick around. We're going to keep talking to Jennifer Medford. We want a couple questions. Is What questions does she get? What questions do they get when it comes to EV charging and storage? If you have any questions, give us a call, 888-654-4897. You're listening to the Inside Outside Guys broadcasting live from the International Builder Show on AM760 WJR. Welcome back, everybody. We do appreciate you being with us. We've also got Jennifer Mefford here with us, and she's our expert. But we got somebody special coming on after the top of the we hour, We have right? somebody very special coming up top of the hour, Steve Wyckoff, who is the um, – instructor over at the Clarkston Building Trades is going to come on, and, and everyone knows how much Chuck and I love to promote the building industry, and we love the schools yeah. that help with that out. The okay? young electricians, the young builders. Yep. yep. Look so if you live in the Steve. Clarkston or northern Oulton County area and you want to have a great night out with you and your bride and help support the kids over at the Clarkston High School Building Program, we're going to have Steve Wyckoff on in just a few minutes to talk about that. Next Saturday night, they're going to have a silent auction, a regular auction. It's going to be a great time. Come out and help the kids at the Clarkston Building Trades Program. And Steve is going to come on with Steve us, Steve will right? come on with us top of the hour. Yes, sir. Okay. Jennifer, we got a, we got a guy on the phone, Harry from Port Heron, that has a question that is, I think, right up your alley. Harry, are you sure. with us? You betcha, fellas. I'm right here. Well, you can ask the, the gal that knows, Jennifer Mefford. What's your question? Okay, Jen, this is where I'm going. If I heard you right and Andre right, this is in revolutionary. This is this is tremendous. So you're saying that I, with these bi-charger, bi-directionals, that you can take a, your vehicle, your EV, could be your generator, your backup generator for your home? Or did I hear that right? Yeah, it's, it's really interesting. So there's only a couple oh. of vehicles in the market right now that are bi-directional. The Ford F-150 Lightning and the Chevy Silverado, but you're starting to see products move in this direction. So your so new you, Blazer will not be? It will not be. No, it will not be. So basically think about it like this. All the battery energy that's on that vehicle right now is a storage system, right? It's basically a microgrid on wheels. So you're pushing power from the energy source into that vehicle to use it to, as a vehicle. It also just sits there in those batteries, right, when you're not, yeah. you know, at a full charge, an F-150, depending on how you're driving it and all those things, will go, let's say, 400 miles, right? On a full charge, 
bi-directional charger will allow you to pull that ve- that energy out of that vehicle where it's sitting in those batteries and push it either into on a job site to power tools it also can push it back into your home a full uh, a fully charged f-150 can power your home for three days depending on how much so, power they use obviously absolutely can, can be a lot less yeah. if you have a Yes, kids. exactly. Yeah. So, of course, you're going to you're going to want to have, you know, you know, that's this is kind of where that smart panel conversation comes in, yes. that load management that happens automatically in some markets. The utility companies that are um, really looking at drawing power out of stored uh, that stored in vehicles to even push power into the grid. So it's fascinating to me. I love the fact it that it can do different things. But, uh, but, yeah, so we're just starting to see the vehicle market segment move into bi-directional vehicles. And they can absolutely power your own, power tools, all those kinds of things. And the and, new technology is huge. That's, yeah. I mean, we never would have thought we'd be able to have this. That's just yeah. huge. It's really exciting. Harry, did that answer your question, sir? Why I've been concerned about that, uh, because the guys know that I've been burdened about our situation with power outages in our state. I've told you guys many times. And sure. we need to promote this. Big time. We need to promote this because if you can power a house, even for three days, I know, my right? gracious, think about yeah. that. Think about it. Yeah, I know. It's so <laughs> it's so cool. So we have um, this Ford F-150 with us, and, and we've we've pushed power back into our commercial facility for it. It works. Harry, come That's on right? down and check it out. Yeah. Uh, we'll be here all day, buddy. We appreciate your call. Hey, stick around. We have another hour of the Inside Outside Guys broadcasting live from the Detroit International Auto Show, only on AM 760 WJR. Welcome back, everybody. We do appreciate you being with us. I want to remind you that uh, if you have any questions, especially regarding EV chargers, electricity in the home, that kind of thing, smart panels, Now's the time to call, right, in the next hour? It is. Man, oh, man. Uh, what's the number? 888-654-4897. That's it. Can't believe I remembered that. I know me neither. So where were you? Where did you go look at? The Jeeps. My, oh, my, my, your my, bride wants the Jeep pickup, right? She does. Gladiator? She does. And you know what? My bride will get a Jeep pickup. <laughs> <laughs> yes, she will. <laughs> she, knows how, she knows just get me long did enough. Did you find you know? one? Well, there's three beautiful ones, absolutely beautiful ones over there. Now, but, are they uh, gas-powered or, or electric? Those are gas-powered over okay. there. Okay. Those are gas-powered over there. But, so uh, which one are you getting? I, it's up to her. It's up to her. Whatever she Did wants. Did you text her color so you could take one home I actually her sent her. The, they tomorrow. have a neon green one over there. Absolutely, it's absolutely beautiful. Get it. Yep. And I think I saw the Chevy Blazer over here. Did I not? Yeah, oh, that's a pretty vehicle. <laughs> Look at her grin. Her eyes light up. There was a question earlier, though. What is, you know, is my whole household going to be EV? No. This is our first EV. We also have been driving, you know, ICE Blazers. We love that vehicle. Yeah. So my husband has a a gas vehicle. I'm going to have electric. My daughter has a gas vehicle. It's an evolution, right? It is. You're right. I like that. Hey, a a minute ago, I had mentioned Steve Wyckoff's name from Clarkson Building Trades. And we had no idea, Jennifer, that you are very familiar with Steve. Why don't you do us a favor and introduce him? I have got to tell you, um, Clarkson Schools, I could not be a bigger fan. As somebody that is heavily involved in workforce development for the skilled trades, Clarkson and Steve's program are doing all the right things. It is amazing to see how they approached what they put into that school based on what the industry really needs. Like, I absolutely am so impressed. It's one of the best examples in the region. How do you like the introduction, I'm a fan. I'm telling you. He's doing a great job. 
wow, that's going to be uh, hard to follow up. <laughs> Steve, you've been on with us a few times. You brought your kids into the studio, one time at the Fisher, one time at the studio up by us in Flint. It always just so impressive um, what you do for those kids and the skills that you help those kids build in such an early age is going to benefit not only those kids the most, but all of us out there who are going to need those and kids. Steve Jeff, you keep talking about how old you are. Of a lot of administrations getting rid of those programs. Oh, you're right, you're right. So we have double respect for you still being there. And we're going to need those kids. And Steve, you contacted us, this, contacted me this week and asked uh, if we could talk about an event that you're planning or having next Saturday night. And you know, Steve, we would do anything for you guys. You guys are awesome. So do us a favor and tell everybody about what's going on with the uh, Clarkson Building Trades program next Saturday. Okay, great. Thank you so much. Um, next Saturday, September 23rd, at the Brady Lodge at Bay Court in Independence Township, our nonprofit organization, uh, Preservation Clarkston, is having a, uh, a dinner auction. And all the proceeds are going to go towards the projects we've been working on. So it's uh, going to be a pretty exciting time. Uh, you're in salmon, steak, um, vegetarian, if you're vegetarian. Um, lots and lots of stuff to auction off, and it's going to be pretty exciting. We're looking forward to it. So anyone that's familiar with Northern Oakland County as you're going up Sassabaugh Road, I'm so very, very familiar because I drive that way all the time. There's a blue house on the left-hand side just as you pass. I think Independence Oaks there. Correct. And that's, Maybe a that's mile out. past about a mile past, and I, I, it's funny because you see people working on it, and then they're not working on it for a while. But you want to work on it. You want to get it done, and this is what this um, this night has a lot to do with. Talk about that, please. Absolutely. Um, we're going to need some funding for material. We're going to need funding to help pay the contractors who are going to help the kids. Um, you know, the project is coming along nicely. It probably doesn't look like we're doing as much as we really are because we're really redoing the whole inside. It was balloon-framed. We're... It had no headers in it. We're bracing up walls, taking out walls, putting headers in, putting uh, bracing where there was never bracing before. So it's been a pretty uh, extensive project. I'm very proud of the progress we've made. So how do people um, get tickets for this? How do they contact you? Well, they don't contact me. They go to Preservation Clarkson on Facebook, and they go through there. And I, I think the deadline for tickets is Monday. Is this Monday? Okay, so yes. anybody who wants to have a great night out, um, silent auction, and then just a regular auction, correct? Uh, it's auction during dinner. Um, and there's just a ton of things that are being auctioned off here. So, a lot of support, lots of support. Okay, well, sounds like a great thing. Um, does it matter? Is it, there's a deadline? You said Monday. Do Monday. you have tickets left? Can people still? You know, get tickets I am left? not. I am not sure about that. Um, I'm sure if you somebody goes on Facebook and asks, you'll get an answer, and I can also ask after I hang up. And for those people who don't have social media, go to preservationclarkston at gmail.com. You can uh, inquire there at preservationclarkston at gmail.com. Steve, Correct. we need to get you and some of your students into the studio and highlight what you're teaching them over there. It's funny because as soon as Jennifer heard your name, she had nothing but wonderful things to say about you and your program. You heard that, and we've heard the same from many people around southeast Michigan who are in the trades, and uh, we're, we're more than happy to help you out with whatever you need, Steve. Okay, well, thank you. I'd like to give credit to my coworkers also. Adam Goring, he's been with us the last three years. 
Pete's doing a fantastic job in, with Skills USA. He has um, trained a couple students to be the last two uh, state champs in carpentry. Wow. Um, and we have Neil Granlin, who is a former drafting teacher in the Clarkson Community Schools, who's been with us for about five or six years. And, you know, without those two, you know, we're not where we're at. You know, it, it, it takes a lot of people. It takes a village. Yes, sir. Fantastic. Thank Bless you so heart. much. I'll go to your um, Facebook page, and I will share that information on the Inside Outside Guys Facebook page as well, okay? All right. Fantastic. Thanks, Steve. Good luck. God bless you, Steve. Right. Thank you very much, sir. We'll talk Thank soon. you. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Let's take further advantage of Jennifer. You asked her, uh, seems like an hour ago now, common questions, mm-hmm. concerns, fears that people express to you. Yeah, so, I mean, I have talked to customers, people looking at EVs all the time, and I think the biggest thing they want to know is, you know, one, what do I need to do to charge it at home? A lot of questions about what do I, you know, where am I going to find charging? 80% of the charging of an EV is going to happen at your home. What was your concern? What was your big? You know, I think that for me, it was just about um, letting the products kind of settle in. So I'm in this industry, so I've kind of been tracking it from the very beginning. I didn't want to buy a little baby car. I wanted that blazer that I drive that yeah. I like. I'm like, I think I'm a pretty typical so American consumer. I want what I want when I want it. Yeah. And so now in this last 18 months, you have over 31 different types of vehicles coming out. But is, what you're noticing is they're just an electric version of, of the brands that exist, right? The right. Hummer EV is not like a whole different, it's the, it's a Hummer electric. Sure. Sure. And so I was really excited when they, when they announced last year that the blazer EV was coming out, put myself on the list. I'm delighted. I'm excited. But I also know I already love the car. Like, I already love it. And now it's just going to be powered by electricity. So how do I charge? You can drive a car off a lot and trickle charge at home, right? But you're probably going to want to do it faster than that. So I always am asking people the questions. How fast do you want to charge? How off, How much do you drive typically in a day? The average U.S. consumer drives about 40 miles a day, but some people drive more. These are all things you have to consider. So those are the kind of the basics, but... That's why we created the EV Learning Center here at the Auto Show, so that we can talk to people and give them that info. How long does the show go on through the entire? It goes on week? through next Sunday. Yep, okay. through the twenty fourth. So, wow. Um, wow. Yep. Well, through next Sunday, we want to see you down today. Stick around for more as the Inside Outside guys continue our discussion with Powering Michigan and the IBEW Local Fifty Eight members right here on AM seven sixty WJR. Appreciate you being with us. Hey, we're fast-paced show. We're not going to have enough time, but we're going to be here again tomorrow, right? We are. Right under the Powering Michigan banner. When you come on over, we are back in the back left-hand side as you walk They always put us in the back. Back corner. But we're in front of the track. Nobody puts baby in the corner. (laughs) The cool thing is we are in one of the snottiest locations in this show, I think. We've got a truck in front of us that, well, you and I together couldn't afford but it, eventually that's going to be a mainstream vehicle yes sir right yes sir and all this stuff is getting less expensive. trucks are beautiful yeah it, it, it is this is an education show because down here at this at the uh Pari, michigan booth people want to learn what electric vehicles are all about and we've told people no matter how you feel about it there are jurisdictions in this country that if you build a new house you have to install a power a charger in your house yeah so it's coming whether you want it to or not so let's make sure that 
when and if you decide to get one of these vehicles that you're making the best decision possible for your house. And if you've got a business and you're making that decision, we've got a couple of guys, Jim Boyd and Johnny Connolly, with us from Midcore that are going to talk a little bit about primarily commercial charging. Yeah, we can do that, but uh, I want to get in, into Ken's comment. Uh, what people don't realize is that many municipalities today have an ordinance, which, which is an, e, an EV ordinance. Oh, yeah. Ann Arbor, Ferndale, Grand Rapids, Auburn Hills, they're, they're just a few. And under the ordinance, you can't get a C of O unless you have a charging station. Yep. So, I mean, that's, that's really where the industry is going. We start talking uh, over a year ago about the National Electric Code mandating yep. that in new construction. And a lot of cities, jurisdictions bought into it very quickly. There are some that are a little slower to buy into it. But it is what it is. Yeah. So because of that, we're here. Midcore. What's <laughs> Midcore? Midcore? Well, I'll tell you. I started this company back in 2016. And it was on a Saturday night. I got a call from a uh, reputable property management company that said, you know, Jim, can you help me? And I said, well, what do you need? He said, well, I put charging stations in my parking garages. The company went bankrupt. Oh, goodness. I, I only know one answer, and that's yes. So that's how I got involved <laughs> in the EV charging station business. Wow. So uh, way, way back in so 2016. So what do you do? Well, what we do is we have a complete line of level 2 and level 3 480-volt DC fast chargers that uh, we gear primarily to the to the uh, you know the commercial uh, segment, we've targeted markets uh, as uh, you know as John knows that uh, we've got we've got the hospitality industry targeted, uh, we've got uh, we've got the healthcare industry targeted. These are industries where people are going to go as a as a destination point, and they're not going to be there for five minutes for ten minutes. They're going to be there over overnight, or they'll be there for for uh, uh, for several hours. You can't go to you can't go to a hospital and have a doctor right in the middle of of, of an operation. Hey, you got to go move your car; it's you know full. So I mean, well, Jennifer was mentioning today the amount of chargers you're going to see right now, correct? Compared to a year from yes, now, yes. And, and if someone's taking a trip and it's a longer trip, you met you mentioned a hospitality, a hotel. Yeah, we're seeing so many hotels putting these on their properties. Because if someone will stay in the night, they want to charge up before they leave in the morning. Is that exactly. What you're saying, okay. And with with the with the level two, uh, we're uh, we're basically marketing two level twos. One's a 48 amp, uh, which is 11.5 uh, uh, kW, and the highest level two is an 80 amp, which is 19.2. Now the 80 amp is. Uh, is uh, required inspect for all all of the auto dealerships. They have to have the 80 amp. That's the highest level two that will work off of a 100 amp breaker. Each port works off of a 100 amp breaker. So if it's a dual port, uh, you're going to have to have 200 amp breakers for that. Wow. Unless you go to power sharing. With, uh, with, with power sharing or with the load balancing, what you're going to find out is the first person who plugs in, they're going to get the full 80 amps. Second person plugs in, it's going to go down to the 40. But as soon as the one is is full, it's going to go right back up to the 80 again. <laughs> so, so I mean, you can take you can take and load balance a number of these in in 
like in like a hotel property where you know they're going to be there for the entire night. That reminds me of a gas station. When you pull in, you start pumping guys that gets on the other side of your gas tank, starts pumping, you're going slower. <laughs> <laughs> right? You're yeah. going slower until they're done pumping. Except, you know, we're, everybody understands that concept. We don't understand amperage and kilowatt hours. So when you're talking fast charge, 80 amps, what does that really mean yeah, to a consumer difference? pulling into a place like the hospital or the right. hotel? Tip, t- oops, that's okay. Typically, Sounds most good, most of the uh, retail locations, hospitals, hotels, um, restaurants, they're going to have the level two charging. Level two charging you're, is more of a trickle charge. You're going to get six to eight hours. You're going to be able to get a full tank. The level three, the 480 volt, what Jim is uh, referring to, that's something that's high output. So you're going to be able to charge your full tank in about 30 to 35 minutes, right? For instance, we just installed one over at Fishbones over in St. Clair Shores. They have a level three charger over there. You're going to be able to pull up with your, you know, new Porsche or Audi or uh, Hummer H1. You're going to be able to charge your your tank in, in roughly 30 minutes. The retailers like the level twos because it's keeping people in their businesses while they're charging they're at, you know outside they're your car's charging they're inside shopping so the retailers are actually this is a positive for them because they can actually incentivize the consumers to come shop while you're giving free charging potentially they can be inside shopping or they can be at the restaurant eating so the chamber uh, of commerce but, would love but, that yeah but, <laughs> but i think what you got to know also is that uh when you look at this, you can figure rule of thumb that your range is going to be three miles per minute per hour per kW. Sure. So if you have a 19.2 kW, you're going to be looking at between 60 and 75 miles of range within an hour. If you're looking at a 180, you're going to be looking at 540 mile range within within an hour. Within an hour. Within an hour, yeah. Yeah, three the, uh, miles. Yeah, the one we have right there that is that is the 180, and you're going to get 100. You're going to get 540 miles within an hour on that. Assuming, of course, the vehicle can accept, accept that. Yes, yes. Amazing. Now, is you you your company doesn't do detached single family residential applications, but would your product be viable? Yes, yes, yes. We could certainly become a become a vendor for any anyone that would want to build uh, either multifamily or, or or single family residential we could certainly be be a vendor for them is each of these a single vehicle station uh, n- uh, no the we have dual ports and we have and we have your single what would go into a residence would be probably a uh, level two which would be about a 40 to a 48 amp would go into okay and that's the one that that you were talking about john that takes a little longer to charge right most people are going to be able to charge in the convenience of their own home it's going to be plugged into their garage 220 uh volt system yeah right plug in at night before you go to sleep by the time you wake up you got a full full charge full tank most (laughs) of the most of these cars (laughs) most of these cars um you're going to get between three and four hundred mile range that's that's going to suit 80% of the, the drivers out there, so it's going to be suitable. Um, as as the incentives 
as the incentives get better, you're going to see even more and more technology get better and better. The range is going to extend. The proof is in the pudding. We're seeing it. We're seeing it from five years ago, one year ago, and we'll see it in five to ten years from now. Guys, thank you so much for helping out. Thank Thank you, you, Ken. Thank you, Chuck. We appreciate the time. Chuck, what's an electric fish? Seems like if you catch one, you're going to be in trouble. We'll talk about that when we get back from the break. You're just the inside outside guys on WJR. Hey, if we don't have the answers, we know people that have the answers, right? Every time. Every time, <laughs> all the time. Yeah. Hey, our, we, we are back here with Jennifer, so hopefully we've got a resident expert safely in the chair beside me. And we brought another expert in, the CEO of a company called Electric Fish, and he told us, just call me AK. I like that. That's Anurakamal, or my initials, AK. Is, is Electric Fish in the same family as Electric Eel? Uh, that's the inspiration <laughs> of the name. Yes, uh, electric eels are actually catfishes. They are not eels, if you guys didn't know. Uh, and I elect- like that. Yeah, an electric eel is supposed to generate up to thousand bulls of uh, sharks to kill and stun or protect themselves, and that's what electric cars charging at very fast speeds need. They need thousand bulls at much higher amperage to get up to two hundred miles of range in just few minutes of charging, and that's what we do, and that's where the name comes from. Jennifer mentioned a term to me that I hadn't heard, but boy, is it real. Range anxiety. What Absolutely. is range anxiety? Well, some people get that with a regular vehicle. <laughs> I know, right? I, just, I, I, just, I think I just have general anxiety. So, you know, whatever you want to call it. But, uh, but no, range anxiety is typically not so much about charging at your house, right? That's not the pinch point. It's when I'm out in the wild or I'm out in the world, what does that charging infrastructure look like? So, in the, you know, we're, we're at a relatively low density of vehicle sales low density of infrastructure, which is changing all the time right now. So there's a lot more going in. But people want to know and be really certain about what that charging is going to look like when they're not at home and then also how fast it is, right? Um, we, I think I have lots of conversations with people about, okay, a, a fast charge you know, could take maybe 30 minutes to get me a certain amount of miles. And I think all of us, uh, want every, we want our cell phone to charge instantly, right? We want everything to happen really quick. And so I think one of the unique things about the electric fish product is that it's accelerating that time. Is, so. that, is, that, is that what the electric fish product does? It's meant for public charging, and it's supposed to bridge the experience like a gasoline-level uh, charging for electric cars. So when you're talking in the show at level two, right, you're talking about a few hundred miles of range in, a, yes. in an hour. This is equivalent to 1,400 miles of range in an hour. So you don't want to charge for an hour, right? You only charge for 10 minutes. You get 200 miles of range, uh, depending upon if the vehicle can take it or not. But the vehicles on the road today, like the Teslas or the Hyundai and the Kias, they can get up to 150 miles of range in 10 minutes. And that's what you need to solve that range exactly. And where will we be seeing this electric fish? That's a great question. And, uh, <laughs> that, that's the business model. That's your next mission. And how exactly we scale our business. Uh, currently, we are seeing traction at car dealerships because that is where they, they need electrification quickly. They want fast chargers because they have fleet of electric cars to serve. And municipalities and cities, when, when you're talking about depots like uh, police car depots, you know, elect, uh, some electric fleets for municipalities, that is where they are not able to install such fast infrastructure because electricity, electricity grid would not give them that kind of power. So what we do is we drop these units, draw energy at level two, store that into the big battery which we have, and dump that into cars really quickly. So we accelerate how fast these units could be built, but long term, gas stations, convenience stores are the place where we 
are going to be because you only will stop for seven to ten minutes the charger charging port will be available for the next person to use and you get that fast range and some of the negatives i've heard about this is you know what if you're sitting in traffic what if it's cold outside what if it's hot outside well those are kind what of if you're pulling a load with that pickup but that's you have that whether you have a, a gas vehicle or not you still have those thoughts because if you're pulling a pickup your gas mileage is going to go down correct well yeah but we got a buddy that has a volt yeah. And it's probably a three-year-old vehicle. Mm-hmm. And he was going to come and visit me last year, and it's about a two-and-a-half-hour drive. He, he went out to get in his Volt in January, and it was indicating like a 35% reduction in range. Sure. So yeah. range anxiety was a huge – and I would, I would never have had that yeah, with but a then gas he, vehicle. He could just keep driving in gas. So that Volt has that right. dual technology. Yeah, that's but with an all But with an all-battery, you de- you definitely have to take that into consideration. And it is a range of performance, and it depends on how you drive the car, what the driving environment is, the temperature, all those different things. I mean, the electric it's, heater is resistance heat. That takes yeah, a lot of it, electricity yeah. in January. Yeah. Well, so, ju- but being able to have access to – you know, what you have with a gas vehicle is you have this network, right, of gas stations. Right? Yeah. We're very used to it. We've It's right. been decades, decades, decades long. So we're kind of creating this network of fueling stations for EVs. Yeah. But we need to uh, keep working on technology so it's faster. So the electric fish unit, to me, I think is really fascinating. And there are other products also that do that. But that if I can get that much range in 7 to 10 minutes. There's no that, anxiety. That, no. I'm just That's like huge. that. That gets it rid is. of the anxiety. Yeah. So much. Absolutely. It's quick. It's fast. It kind of fits my lifestyle. And you and don't have to stop yeah. at a station. You know, that's the difference. You do that leaving your garage, right? I mean, that's, to me, as a consumer. I can see that being a standalone uh, device where I don't even need uh, an eighth of an acre of land. I need a small piece where people drive in, plug in for 10 minutes, and drive off with a credit card, right? Yeah. Yeah. Or something. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And that is the experience which you're trying to build. When people go to new electric car chargers right now, you have to use an app, you have to use an RFID, you know, this new experience, you know, why? Like, we want the early majority to drive electric now. Like, most of the people will drive electric, and you want the same experience which they used to have with a gasoline car. And that's why we have a card payment system. You just, like, swipe the card, pay. um, It's kind of embedded in our culture that it's got to be a fast, convenient. Oh, absolutely. Right? It's what we're wired for. You mentioned earlier. I mean, it's what we're wired for. It's American consumers. We want what we want. We want it right now. You're right. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. 24-hour marketing. Yes, we do. Another advantage, uh, Jim, who was just on us a minute ago, said he had bought a Volt in 2016. Yeah. It has 118,000 miles on it right now. It's only been in the shop twice for minor stuff. That's a huge benefit. It yeah. really is. That's a lot of miles. He was talking about his, you know, his commute is very short, right? The average right. Camaro, a consumer, but his, his a nine, nine miles from his office. So all that time, he wasn't ever really using the gas functionality in that Volt. Because that vehicle, again, for his particular commute situation, it worked great. Yeah. He was always on electric. And a lot of those earlier Volt customers were in that market where that vehicle was specifically designed knowing that most consumers only drive 40 miles a day. Jennifer, so if it's charged, it would cover it. Being a, being a contractor, for years it was, do I get a diesel or do I get regular fuel? And if I'm sure. going to buy the diesel, I'm going to spend back then at least $5,000 more on the vehicle. And then I had to go, okay, how will I save that in gas mileage? Mm-hmm. What you said earlier, four to one, yeah. to me there's no math. It's like, oh. Okay, well, I'm not going to do the math. That's phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, if I spend $100 on gas, it's going to be uh, $25 in electricity? 
Yeah, so I mean, I mean, I think you have to look Average. at the, like the all-in cost. So we were talking about car dealerships earlier. Yeah. So when and with Etta even earlier, you've got options for what goes into your home. You have to factor that all in. So yes, that equivalent in charge is about a four-to-one ratio. But you are going to have to make an infrastructure investment. You are going to have to do that. I think most people will want to. Right. Because right. again, we're not going to want to be trickle charging our vehicle at home. We're going to want to have a faster charge. We're going to want to be able to utilize super fast charging when we're out in public spaces. So all of that factors in. I don't want to, you know, yes, there's, a, there's absolutely a fuel savings on a four-to-one ratio, but there are other things. There are other factors, and I'm all about, like, let's look at it all. 118,000 sure. miles. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. only in the shop two times. That's yeah. that's a it's huge good. factor. That used to be two years for you and I. AK, i got to ask you, are you, is this something that you see businesses maybe buying the electric fish as an incentive to get employees and keep them because they can charge while they're at work all day? Ooh, good question. Uh, so they were Hadn't not- thought of that, huh? <laughs> no. They don't have to plug the whole day, right? They, they only no. have to plug 10 minutes, right? The, the experience which we're trying to build is very short charging sessions. When you're talking about plug the whole day, that's level two charging. But we haven't mentioned a specific feature of this product. It has a much bigger battery, right? So it can actually feed energy back to the electrical grid. So with, when businesses are looking to buy this product, they are buying this product to get like insurance against energy failures. When the power goes out, these units can keep those facilities up for two to three days. So you are getting insured because it's a much bigger battery. It's storing that energy in. And when if there was a network of these units deployed in certain communities, those whole communities can be powered up during outages. And that was our first pattern which we filed, and that's how the company started. So the electric fish, is this the new biggest and baddest, best thing out there as far as that goes? As fast as it gets and, comu- <laughs> and always up. And yeah. with the way the technology is going, just wait a minute, right, Jennifer? Yeah, Absolutely. next year we have yeah. that size. AK, thank you for coming yeah. out today. Yeah. Thanks, Thank you AK. For me, guys. Great yeah. information. Good luck. Really appreciate it. Thanks. Hey, we got another segment left. Let's uh, let's dive into the dealerships. Let's also talk about how we uh, how the government, I guess, is making this a little bit more affordable sure. for consumers. Okay, this is the Inside Outside guys today, broadcasting from Detroit International Auto Show, only on AM seven sixty WJR. Now, wait a minute, and the co-host, Jennifer Mefford, <laughs> the business development uh, person with Powering Michigan, and boy, all you got to do is look up and see this big banner when you walk in, right? Absolutely. Here's where we are. Jennifer, thank you so much for inviting us here. Hey, I, I got to tell you, I have learned a ton today Good. about EV and EV charging, and it's Good exciting. Good. Just like I was saying over the break, with the benefits that are coming with all these EVs, Anyone that has a negative, a negative, they're going to go away because the, they're continuing to get more and more affordable and, and a better option all the, every day. Every yes. Day. I mean, I, I, right now as we're sitting in the market, there's a lot of products coming to market. They are still about $15,000 a vehicle more than a gas vehicle. And that's a barrier for people. So yeah. if you ask people, what are, my, what are my hesitations? Really, the price point is the number one. Second is that range anxiety that we've talked about. Where am I going to charge it? Um, but technology is kind of meeting that moment, and so is the industry. So Ford announced um, probably about 30 days ago a $15,000 reduction on that on their uh, Ford F-150 Lightning. Why? Because really? they know that's where the price point needs to be. Right. And so you're right. going to continue to see this kind of refinement of where products came to market at a certain price point, and they're making those reductions to make it because they, you know, they're, they're tracking that really closely. And we're going to keep seeing that. A couple of things I want to make sure we get to while we have time is, number one, um, dealerships. 
Oh, I'm sorry. Thank you, Chuck. I apologize. We have a caller we got to get to real quick because we asked them, right? Yes. Go ahead. Question that, that's right up, I think, your alley. Tim Jennifer. from Highland. You yeah. there, Tim? I'm here. Are you there? We're here, buddy. Go ahead and ask your question. Hey, so uh, with consideration of the EVs, just to understand a little bit, you know, how much, you know, typically does an EV, uh, do, do you have to spend it? To purchase an EV, and then um, it's a multifaceted question. So you can either answer them individually, or we can just go along and we can figure it out. Well, we don't have a lot of time left in the show, buddy. Right, so, so we. So um, how much does it does it cost to install um, a charger for two EVs? You know, what's the replacement cost for the batteries, and what happens to the old batteries when they're retired? Because if you take a back look back at California, they were trying to regulate last year when people can charge their EVs or not because the infrastructure is not there. Jennifer? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that all these are all really good questions. So the vehicle price points right now, um, you know, early EVs that came into the market were pretty expensive. They were yeah. more the luxury brands, right? So you're starting to see um, kind of that mid-level uh, price point coming into play and a lot of different diversity in types of vehicles. We were just talking about how the automakers are also reacting um, and kind of lowering those prices because the cost of the vehicle themselves is definitely um, an issue. What does it cost to put a charging system into your home? It really is site-specific. So it's truly site-specific, which is why you need that site assessment. How many vehicles are you charging? Is it going to be bi-directional? Where's the power source now? What does the panel capacity look like? All those things are considerations. So yes, do they all add cost? Sure. So I'm often asked, how much does it cost? And I always say it's really site-specific. Right. We can look at some ranges of that, but to really give you a, a solid, here's how much it is, um, you need a scenario, right? You need a, an actual, like, here's what's in your location. Well, what's very important to your industry is the technology that is constantly evolving. I mean, mm -hmm. look at the phone that we're carrying and where it yeah. was 10 or 15 years ago to where these are going to be as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, tax credits, how is the government helping people with this? Yeah, so the government um, has a, up to, up to 7500 per vehicle tax credit. It depends on, you know, your income, and it depends on some different variables. But there's certainly incentives there. You're also seeing incentives through utility companies for infrastructure. You're seeing state-level in incentives as well. Um, either primarily those are attached to infrastructure more so than vehicle purchase. But I think we're going to see all of it. I think we're going to continue to kind of see this refinement and evolution of this market. Um, no doubt. You know, yeah. there's no doubt. But the, the products are here. And I think that the, we're at the North American International Auto Show. And last year, the EVs that were here um, were coming, right? This right. year, the EVs that are here are here. Like, you can buy one. You can order one, buy one. All these ones on the tracks. These are not, you know, prototypes. These are not things that are going to be something you can get. They're, they're here. Right. And so it is moving really quickly. If you look at all the different charging infrastructure, you know, and, and uh, that's coming into the marketplace. You know, Michigan is putting in fast chargers every 50 miles. You know, we want to be able to drive from down here up north, right? right. We move across our state. We love to, to be around our state. You're going to be able to do that with a lot more um, prevalence. And I think next year at the show when we're talking about that, you're going to be saying to me, there's charging stations are all over the place. 
And that's a different conversation than the one that we've been having. And the like batteries, that. he asked about battery life. I'm sorry, Chuck, yeah. he asked about battery life. Yeah. And they're getting better, better, and better, and better, right? Yeah. And the thing is, mm-hmm. with the smart chargers, you can't overcharge these now, can you? Right. So the battery will kind of slow down on a charge to protect that battery. So the, the car is, you know, the warranty on the car is basically um, kind of an eight-year life on that battery. There's a lot of different different looks of what are we going to do. There's still storage capacity in that battery. There's there's still life in that battery when it comes out of a car at that time. So battery energy storage, taking the capacity of that and using it just to store energy, either to put it back into the grid. It all storage is going to play a huge role in how this grid resilience thing solves So is itself. it too early to answer Tim's question completely about? How long will those batteries last, and what will we do with them after they are taken out of a car? Yeah, so right now they are definitely recy- they recycle them when they come out of a car, but I'm also seeing a lot of scenarios where they're using them for storage or for other purposes. So they're oh. being repurposed because there's still life in them. They're not going to leave them in a vehicle, but they might use them to store energy. And so I think there's any number of, of those, but that's kind of where... The technology is there. The battery capacity is there. But what are we going to do with it? How are we making it efficient? How are we making it cost effective? Is all kind of being sorted out. The conversation yeah. we would have had here today seven years ago yeah. to compare to what we're having today yeah. is, is just amazing. Yeah. And for people who are out there that want to know more about electric vehicles, if you don't have time to come down here today, mm-hmm. how can they get a hold of you to ask you questions? Yeah, so poweringmichiganfuture.com, you can find not only great contractors, but all this information. And this is what we do all, every day, all day long. We're in this space. Um, and I've, you know, I feel like for me, we're at a unique point in this industry that there's a whole bunch of questions. And we've got to just keep having that feedback and keep having that dialogue. When people have a, a pinch point or an experience around an EV and it wasn't great, I want to know. <laughs> I want to know. Yeah, I absolutely. don't. You know, I don't need hearts and flowers. I need reality so that we can, as contractors and professionals, just like you guys, dig in there and figure it out because we can. You know, being in the radio business, how many times we heard, "Yeah, I tried radio once, it didn't work," right? Yes, so hold on. Of when yeah. was it? Dig, Who yeah. was Who it? Was, what oh. did you say? What was it creative? Like all of that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and yeah. then you can come over here and find a totally different thing. So exactly. we, we definitely get that. That's yeah. uh, the technology. Your electricians do things other than EV chargers, correct? Absolutely. Yep. So, so we have 220 contractors in this network in Southeast Michigan, about 4,800 electricians. They work in literally every market sector, public, commercial, fleet, industrial, water work, you name it. Anything that's in the electrical space. We're seeing also, just related to EV, you know, EV charging is one thing, but the integration of battery energy storage, renewable energy, all of those things kind of tie together. Storage is key. So you really want to have a group of contractors that can talk to you about all of that. And that is, you know, whether it's a business, a car dealership, or your home. That's you part wanna, of the ongoing training with the really group? It really is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. I have learned a ton today. I know Chuck yeah. has as well. Your, your group here. At Parry, Michigan, IBEW are just fantastic with their knowledge. Thank you so much for inviting me. We'll be back tomorrow. Absolutely. We talk Look more? forward to it. I can can't ta- wait. Try to get some sleep. I'm going to. <laughs> I, I, tomorrow. I'm going to drive wanna... some EVs today. <laughs> <Poor girl>. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk more about these 220 skilled electrical contracts you have here in Southeast Michigan. People need to know about them. Perfect. Okay? We'll see you back here tomorrow, Jennifer. Thanks, Thank you guys. So much. Thanks, You've been listening to the Inside Outside Guys today broadcasting from the Internet Detroit International Auto Show, only on AM 760 WJR.